Good morning, afternoon, evening. For there are brothers and sisters who write to us and say, at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., we are there watching this teaching. And thanks be to our God. And also thanks for that effort, for that effort and love that you have for the Lord and the desire of wanting to learn and to hear the teachings from our God. How beautiful that is. And there are other brothers and sisters who also share that, well, they maybe have to wait till the next day because of the time, but either way, they write to me and they let me know they're very happy and joyful with the teachings because I tell you, these teachings, these sermons that we've been given, it is for those that are new, newcomers, for those who have never congregated in our church. And the brothers and sisters share and say, this is for them as well, for they're reinforcing they said that they forgot many things, not because they're not reading the Bible, but because sometimes uh, we don't go so into depth and we don't reflect on that reading so much. And so the word of our God is great treasure. The Bible is, tr is full of treasures. It is a fountain of riches that we read a verse and then later on you read the same verse and you find something different. God is always teaching and enlightening you with new things, teachings, new doctrines. This is what is beautiful. The Bible is a great treasure. It is not any ordinary book that people read and then they interpret literally and then they write the interpretation literally. No, the Holy Spirit, the Lord is attentive to bring those scriptures to life to give them a different type of focus. And so every verse, every paragraph in the Bible can have many different ways of viewing and understanding the doctrine from the point of view of understanding that there the Lord is guiding us and nourishing our soul, our spirit with this marvelous read, reading scripture of the Bible of his doctrine and its beautiful content. And we give the Lord thanks. Thanks be to our God for giving us this opportunity to know him and for having this great privilege that God is looking upon us and he has mercy. He has chosen, elected us and called us. We thank the Lord. And so all of the people who are with us today, you are all welcome. And today we are going to be learning about our God as always, but at the same time honoring him and praising him and glorifying him with our reading and our reflection. And before then, we're going to sing our hymn that we are used to singing to our God without the instrumentation. We're going to sing to the Lord so that you too can learn the melody of the hymns and that you can also sing to our God. To sing to God is beautiful. And so we're going to sing today hymn 133, titled Precious Name. That precious name of our God, we're going to sing for the honor and glory of the Lord. Take the name of Jesus with you, child of sorrow and of woe. It will joy and comfort give you. Take it then where you go. Precious name, oh how sweet. Hope of earth and joy of heaven. Precious name, 
oh how sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven take the name of jesus ever as a shield from every snare if temptations round you gather breathe that holy name and prayer precious name oh how sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven precious name oh how sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven Oh, the precious name of Jesus, how it thrills our souls with joy. When his loving arms receive us, and his songs our tongues employ. Precious name, oh, how sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven precious name oh how sweet hope of earth and joy of heaven the honor and the glory before our god and we thank the lord this is the great goodness of our God. It is infinite. That mercy of our God is forever. The love of God. It endures throughout all generations. And God, he takes pity of those who cry out to him and seek him wholeheartedly. We must learn to seek God wholeheartedly so that he hears us and he may grant our petitions and that he may see our needs. Today, we're going to go over the book of life. In the Bible, we always mention that God spoke to Moses and told him to write in a book all the commandments all of the rituals, all the feasts, and all of the things that needed to be done in the temple and how life, daily life, ought to be for the people of Israel. And the Lord said to him, write in the book. Write it in a book so you don't forget it. And so, the Lord, always worried about instilling in people to write to write their life, their experiences. We find, for example, Joshua, they wrote the judges, the kings, they would write in a book the, their life, the works of each king, the good and the bad that they did. All of it was written. But in the book of life, it is a book written by our God where he says he writes us in. When we convert, when we say to the Lord, I believe in you, I will follow you. From here on out, I will seek your face. 
I want to follow you, Lord. I want to know more about you. I want to do your will. I want to please you. When we make that decision, the Lord immediately writes us in His book. There is a list where everyone is written. And also, throughout the Bible, the Lord advises people and says, take care of your spiritual life, take heed, and make sure that your name is written in the book of life. And take heed lest your name be blotted out of the book of life, this spiritual book. For many books were written physically, Moses did so, the kings as well, the apostles, they too, they wrote their experiences, they wrote their difficulties and hardships, and also the joy that they lived with the Lord and their spiritual experiences, and all of that was written. Those physical books, unfortunately, with the different wars, they started to disappear. The books, many of them, disappeared due to war and the fires and the destruction that took place, but God allowed to preserve and take care of certain important books so that they would not be completely erased from the earth. And that is how the Bible is then compiled. And the Bible is just one part of the manifestation of God, one part of what God wants man to do and for man to know the history of those ancestors, the experiences of the ancestors, and to know, and for mankind to know that God is the same from way before in the time of antiquity. He is the same today and will be the same in the future. God is the same. He does not change. He behaves the same. For him, time does not exist, nor new fashion or seasons or eras. There is no modern times for him that exists in technology, for God is the creator and maker of all. He created and did all things, and he gave knowledge and intelligence to man to discover many things and to begin to take from nature itself and then put their knowledge to work, all the knowledge God gave them. And so that's why we have technology and everything we have, but it's all given by God, given to certain people. And so those physical books, some were lost, others were rescued. Now, as I said, the Bible, the Lord did not allow it to be completely exterminated, although the devil has always wanted to destroy the Bible, to completely erase it, but God will not ever allow that. And the spiritual book, which is the book of life written by God, this is a book no one can destroy, for it can never reach human hands, for it is not physical. It is a spiritual book. This is the book that we're going to be reading about today, for in the Bible we find many books. Now here in Exodus, we're going to read in chapter 17, in verse 14. Now I know that you are seated and you're comfortable in your place with your Bible ready and to quickly search for Exodus chapter 17, verse 14. Here in Exodus 17, verse 14, our Lord had given the order to Moses that he needed to write in a book, the book of testimony, that he ought to write all of his experiences and the orders God gave him and everything that he was living among the people, the good and the bad, that he should write it. 
Here in verse 14, the Lord says to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book and recounted in the hearing of Joshua that I will utterly blot out the remembrance of Amalek from under heaven. Now God had announced a curse against King Amalek who in that point was an enemy of God, an enemy of Moses, an enemy because they were dwelling in the wilderness and in this chapter where Moses is with the people of Israel in the wilderness. Let us remember in the wilderness they were there for 40 years and there were many cities and every city was governed by a king and this king Amalek opposed them and did not allow Moses to pass through with the people. He was impeding their step through and so this is why God was going to punish Amalek for being rebellious and not allowing Moses to walk through with the people. Now this is why the Lord says, write all of this write this for a memorial in the book and it will be a memorial for the future and tell Joshua give instructions to Joshua who will succeed you to keep in mind that Amalek must be blotted out he must be removed from the face of the earth for he has become my enemy this is what the Lord told Joshua and now this was then written in that book and when Moses when he disappeared from the earth and Joshua would then take command and the leadership to then enter or lead the people into enter the land of Canaan. Well, Joshua needed to consult with the book to read what it said and to read what God wanted and what needed to be done. And this is how in Joshua we do find that he read that Amalek, he needed to be punished for having become an enemy of God and Joshua, of course, obeyed the Lord. Now, we are here today learning about the Book of Life. And the brothers and the sisters of the church will learn, for you will become teachers, teachers of the Word of God. And so, truly, this pandemic, we have been using it to learn so that you may also reinforce your knowledge and become teachers to teach people the Word of God and in this way honoring our Lord. Now we continue here in our reading in Exodus 32. Here in the same book, Exodus chapter 32. Verse 31 and 33 we will be reading. So here in verse 31, the Lord continued to speak to Moses. Now in this chapter 32, it narrates the story that while Moses was on Mount Sinai speaking with God, the people of Israel, they were angry and they went against the high priest Aaron and they demanded Aaron that God had forsaken them, that Moses had forsaken them because Moses was on the mountain and had been there for 40 days and 40 nights speaking with the Lord. And the people believed that Moses had died there on the mountain and they were despaired and they said to Aaron, they wanted a God. They wanted to have gods for they felt alone. Aaron, in his pain, he allowed them to create a golden calf. Now when they created the golden calf, they made it 
They began to worship this calf, and the Lord was very angry and told Moses, go back down and look at what the people are doing. Look what the people of Israel are doing. They have now gone to idolatry. They have forgotten me. They are not obeying me. They're not submitting to my will. Return, go back down, and I will punish them. I will destroy them. I will erase them. The Lord was angry. Now Moses returns back down when he sees the calf. He is very upset, uh, of, uh, very upset with all the people of Israel. And to such a point, Moses then needs to pray and be that mediator between him and God, asking for forgiveness, saying these people are doing all of this. And this was very hard for Moses, this act that the people of Israel committed with the calf. So here in chapter of this chapter, 32, verse 31, Then Moses returned to the Lord and said, After Moses returned and saw that they had made the golden calf, he returns to the Lord and speaks to him and says, Oh, these people have committed a great sin and have made for themselves a God of gold. And Moses tells the Lord, Lord, I plea that you forgive their sin. And if not, if you don't forgive their sin, well then erase me, blot me out of the book that you have written. This is what Moses tells the Lord. He says, blot me out of the book. And so the Lord answers him, in 33, whoever has sinned against me, I will blot him out of my book. Now, therefore, go lead the people to the place of which I have spoken to you, the land of Canaan. Behold, my angels shall go before you. Nevertheless, in the day when I visit for punishment, I will visit punishment upon them for their sin, the sin of worshiping the golden calf. So the Lord plagued the people because of what they did with the calf which Aaron made. And so, the Lord, he said, whoever sins, this is who I will blot him out of my book. As I said in the beginning, when we believe and we accept the Lord and we make a decision of following in his path, the Lord immediately writes us in his book, this is the first step. He writes us in and then the Lord gives us an opportunity to change, to know more about him, to know the doctrine, and to change. We begin to change, and we begin to lead a new life. This is what God expects. And when we are written in this book, if someone falls back, regresses, becomes rebellious and stubborn, and says, no, I don't want to follow the path of the Lord. I'll return back to the world to live my pleasures, my sin, my things. So the Lord, it says he blots him out, out of the book. This is why the Lord Jesus Christ was always teaching, preaching and saying, take heed, be careful so that your names are not blotted out of the book of life, that it is not erased. And today we are going over this knowledge to be very careful with our own spiritual life. 
And to be careful, it's not as hard as people say or think. And people say, well, it's, it's so hard to stop sinning. I'm not able to. I want to stop sinning, but I can't. But it is God who helps us when he sees that in our heart we have the intention and the desire to change. The desire to please God is in our heart. He helps us to change. And so it is not so hard. It is hard to make the decision and being conscious of I need to love God before myself and before the pleasures of the world. But when it is not so, God helps us to change so that our name is written in the book of life. Now here in Psalm 69, we're now going to Psalms. Psalm 69, verse 28. Psalm 69, now we know that Psalms, they are songs, they are prophecies, sung, prophecies that were expressed by the psalmist of Israel that were prophets and priests, and they inspired by the Holy Spirit in the time of King David. They sang to God for the Holy Spirit came upon them and they began to sing and to prophesy they, they spoke prophecy, and all of these psalms are prophecies. They are songs, and they speak of our Lord Jesus Christ. They speak of our Lord Jesus Christ, the remnant, and also the church of God. The believers are spoken of in the psalms. So in Psalm 69, it speaks of the Lord. It is a psalm sang by David. Now in 28... Verse 28, it says, although, let us read starting from verse 26. Saying, it was speaking of some enemies, some adversaries. Now we know that our, our main enemy is Satan, and he, our main adversary, is the one, he is the one who incites people to go against the Lord, and so this is why the Lord called him his adversary, although he saw other enemies against him, the Lord Jesus Christ knew it was the devil. He was the one, the protagonist, the author, the main author of the persecution against the Lord. And so it says, verse 26, for they persecute the ones you have struck. Now, the Father had allowed our Lord Jesus Christ to be struck by his own people for, well, the adversary wanted to go ahead and persecute him and, it, and talk of the grief of those who have wounded. Add iniquity to their iniquity and let them not come into your righteousness. For these people had become enemies of God. They had become wicked, used by the devil to go against the Lord Jesus Christ, to go against the true gospel of our Lord to go against the word of our Lord Father when he said in the future he would be sending the Messiah, the Savior, a perfect king. That he would be sending this very important person who would take charge of saving, of blessing, of cleansing, and giving eternal life to many souls. So the devil opposed himself 
and entered and possessed many human beings among the people of Israel. And they went against the Lord and became wicked and scorners and enemies of our God. This is why the Lord is saying here that the Lord would add iniquity to their iniquity, so punishing them, and that they should not come into the righteousness of our God. And the Lord also tells the Father in verse 28, let them be blotted out, those persecutors, those who are against me, these wicked ones. Let them be blotted out, erased, removed out of the book of the living. Now the book of the living, the living here are the men and women, followers of God, children of God, who believe in the gospel of our Lord and they fulfill it until the day of their death. They are the living, those who will inherit eternal life. This is why he calls them living, for they are those who will attain eternal life. Now the Lord tells the Father, let them be blotted out of the book of the living. Our God, the Father, he has his book before the foundation of the world where the Lord is writing in all those who will be saved, who will attain eternal life. So these people, as it seems, they were written in this book of life. And as they did what was evil, they regressed and they, they did not believe the Father in all of the marvelous promises of the coming of the Messiah, the coming of the Savior, then the Lord asked the Father, blot them out, erase them, take them out of the book and punish them. We, who are learning all of these things, we are careful and we will be careful in not losing the blessings of our God, nor of ever turning away from his path. But on the contrary, we will love God more and more each day that passes and doing his will and to devote everything that we are, a sincere heart to him, desiring to do his will, to please him in all. For we already know that we are written, but we do not want the Lord to blot us out, to remove us from that list. Now we continue reading in Ezekiel after Psalms is Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, and then Ezekiel, chapter 13. And how interesting it is to remember this marvelous book of life that the Lord has. Ezekiel, chapter 13, verse 9. Now, chapter 13 of Ezekiel, it speaks of the, condem the condemnation of the false prophets, for those false prophets existed in the time of antiquity. And the Lord was greatly angered against these false prophets, for they, they, in order to save their life, they would go along with all of the ideas of the rulers, the governors of the people of Israel. In order to be in their good graces, they would prophesy good things, but it was not God who was revealing those things, but out of their own heart, they would say nice things so that they would keep them in, in those first places and that they were not persecuted. And they became false prophets. 
So God was angered with them and turns away from them and they become false. So God no longer speaks to them or shows them visions. God was very angry with these false prophets. His, so much was his anger that the Lord in verse 9, he says, My hand will be against the prophets who envision futility, who divine lies. They, they spoke lies to the kings, the governors, those judges, those, the elders of the people of Israel. They would lie to them, telling them that it was God who had revealed those things to them. And so the kings, they lived doing their evil acts, abominable things before God. And so they also had the people of Israel enslaved and submitted to the same sins. And when they would go off to battle, they would ask these false prophets to give them revelation to see if it was going to go well with them. And the false prophets would say, it's going to be well, go, for God is with you, everything will be well. And they would go to war to the battle and lose. Things would go badly because God was not with those prophets for they did not let themselves be used to prophesy God's truth. They preferred people, human beings. They preferred to be in good standing with people that, that, and to save their lives before giving their own life for the Lord. Now, our Lord gave his life to preach the truth. And so he also wants, has wanted his followers his people, those who follow him, to also give their life for truth. But these false prophets did not want to give their life. They did not want to give their life for truth, but what they did was they started to lie to save their life. And so the Lord was very angry and said, My hand will be against the prophets who envision futility and who divine lies. They shall not be in the assembly of my people, nor be written in the record of the house of Israel, nor shall they enter into the land of Israel. Now, this is this spiritual Israel that is spoken of here, that spiritual Israel. They shall not enter into the land of Israel. They shall know that I am the Lord God. This is speaking of that spiritual Israel that the believers, the people of our Lord Jesus Christ, his church, his believers, they are that spiritual Israel. And it says that these people would not be written in that book, but God would put them aside. They would be punished forever. Because indeed they seduced my people saying that there would be peace when there is no peace. And one prophet would build a wall and the other one would plaster it with untempered mortar. Rather than covering it with cement, something strong, that they would cover it with mortar or mud. That, in a figurative sense, giving us the understanding that they began to prophesy lies, falsehood, saying things are going to go well with you, you're going to be blessed. But it, as it turns out, it was the opposite. Things were going to go badly and God was going to turn away from people and would not bless them. This is what it meant that they would cover it with mortar. That one would build the wall and the other one would plaster it with mortar, untempered mortar. 
And so if there is an earthquake, a very strong wind, then the wall breaks down. And that is similar to the spiritual life of someone who is not guided by God, by the Spirit of God, but somebody guided by another human being. They don't last. They're not stable. They're not steadfast. They have no faith, no conviction or security. This is that spiritual life of that person. Very well. Here in Daniel, let us now go to Daniel. After Ezekiel is Daniel. In chapter number 7. Daniel chapter 7. Speaking of the precious book of life. Daniel 7 verse 9. It says. Well here in Daniel 7. Daniel narrates a vision. That he saw of four beasts. It says he saw four beasts. Each beast had its traits. One beast had the face of a lion, the other the face of a bear, the other of a leopard. And so he began to describe this vision concerning these animals, these beasts. And in verse number seven, in his description, he says, after this, after seeing that lion, the bear, these, these animals, these beasts, he says, after this I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, exceedingly strong. It had huge iron teeth, it was devouring, breaking in pieces, and trampling the residue with its feet. It was different from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. Verse 8, I was considering the horns, and there was another horn, a little one, coming up among them, before whom three of the first horns were plucked out by the roots. And there in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and a mouth speaking pompous words. Now this is speaking of a government, a great empire, and those horns are kings. And in verse 9, I watched till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated, his garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head was like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire. This ancient of days, we see that it is the Heavenly Father. Verse 10 says, A fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. A thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened. And it says, I, this was the vision seen by Daniel, but he didn't understand what it was that he was seeing. But the Lord begins to give him a certain explanation, not so specific, and explains to him all that would happen in the future and all that would come until the coming of Jesus Christ and even after our Lord Jesus Christ, meaning in the end of days. This verse 10, we find this vision is for the end of days. It has not come to pass. For it says the Heavenly Father was there, and there were thousands of thousands ministered to Him, and ten thousands that stood before Him, and the court was seated, and the books were opened. Now, in Revelation, we find when it says that for the end of days, 
that the books will be opened and all those that are written in that book and their life, their experiences and the actions of every man and woman, everything they did in life for God. They did good things if they obeyed the Lord. Did they love him? Did they do God's will? All of it is written. All of it is written there. And so we cannot escape the Lord's hands. We cannot hide from the presence of God. Even if there are many people in the world who the devil has sowed and planted that doubt or disbelief of accepting that a God exists, the devil has sowed that in the hearts of millions of people and he tells them God does not exist. And don't waste your time. If you want to be happy in life and have a lot of money, seek me, follow me, believe in me, the devil says. And you will see, I will give you many riches and I will give you everything you want in the world. And so people think that's so great and beautiful to know the world, to travel and have a lot of money. They think that's wonderful, but they forget that there is another world after death. This is the main world that we ought to be very careful with and to keep in mind that we we ought to worry about where we're going to be in that world. And here in this verse, we see that it is for the end of times when it says that the court was seated and the books were opened. Now we desire with all of our heart that when that day comes, that time arrives and the books are opened and God begins to judge one by one and to speak by by the first and last name of a person when the Lord calls us out that he may call us out for good works for doing good things for the Lord and living an upright life a holy life living a life according to the will of God that we have worshiped the Lord that we have pleased him in everything that we have given our life for truth it is this this will be beautiful and marvelous to hear to hear these things. But let us be very careful to do displeasing things that the Lord will then need to judge us and then send people to the lake of fire for having done what is evil, for everything will be written. And so we desire with all of our heart that our names are written and never be blotted. But of course, that the day of the end that last day, that everything that is written about us, that it be good things, good works, and nothing bad, for that would be sad. And here in Daniel chapter 10, now we go to chapter 10 of Daniel, in verse 21. Chapter 10, verse 21. Daniel. Daniel had many visions and he didn't understand the visions and was always asking the angel and said, I don't understand. I want you to explain this. Sometimes the angel would give him an explanation and other times not. And here in verse 21, the angel, because Daniel had already asked that he didn't understand and he didn't understand much. For example, in verse 18, the angel 
who looked like a man. Then again, the one having the likeness of a man touched me and strengthened me. And he said, O man, greatly beloved, fear not. Peace be to you. Be strong. Yes, be strong. So when he spoke to me, I was strengthened and said, Let my Lord speak, for you have strengthened me. Then he said, Do you know why I have come to you? And now I must return to fight with the prince of Persia. To fight the prince of Persia was, yes, the Persian Empire, the king of Persia, but they were fighting against the devil. The devil had possessed this king of Persia. This prince of Persia. And so this angel needed to fight against the same devil who was inside of that prince of Persia and of Greece. And it says, and I have gone forth indeed. The prince of Greece will come. So the Lord was saying that after the Persian Empire, the Greek Empire would then come and the angel would need to fight against all of these powers because it was the devil in these people. It says, but I will tell you what is noted in the scripture of truth. No one upholds me against these except Michael, your prince. And so the angel promised Daniel that he would declare to him and explain what was written in the scripture of truth, the scripture of truth of God. All of these mysteries, the way God speaks and shows Daniel through these visions, but with all of these figures that only can be understood by whoever God wants to give that understanding to. But what we highlight here is that he was going to have some mercy with Daniel and he was going to explain these things to him. And Daniel saw that book and he was curious and he asked and he says, yes, I will explain to you something about this scripture of truth, but continue forward. Do not worry in the end. In chapter 12 of Daniel, he tells him, continue forward, Daniel, until your time comes. Do not worry. And so the Lord makes those promises to Daniel in chapter 12. In verse 1, it says, at that time, Michael shall stand up. Now, this is everything that the angel was teaching Daniel, for he saw the visions and saw an angel that was speaking to him and telling him all these things. He says, at that time, Michael shall stand up. The great prince who stands, watch over the sons of your people, and there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even to that time. And at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone who is found written in the book. Now, when it says even to that time and at that time your people shall be delivered it is speaking of the remnant of of that time who would believe in jesus christ as a savior because he was the messiah that god had sent they were those who would convert they were those who were written in the book of life and it says everyone who is found written in the book the book of life and many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake some to everlasting life some to shame and everlasting contempt those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament and those who turn turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever but you daniel he tells daniel you shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end 
And so Daniel, in his curiosity, who asked so much of the angel to explain to him, but it was not much that he did, he said, just seal it, seal the book. Many shall run to and fro and knowledge shall increase. But he said, it is not the time. It is not the time for you to know and understand these things. And so he tells him, don't worry, continue forward. And God is the one who wills and who sets all things. And so this marvelous book, there was a person who, was the who would be the only one to open the book and to close it. And he says, shut up the words and seal the book. And only could there be one to open the seal of that book of life. But we are reading concerning the book of life so that we are able and to have better understanding and have more power and strength to resist the enemy and to achieve triumph against the enemy so that he does not steal our blessings so that the Lord does not blot us out of his book. And here in Malachi, let us go to Malachi. It is a book right before Matthew, before the New Testament. You'll find Malachi, the last prophet, chapter 3, verse 16. And here it speaks, now Malachi is speaking in verse 13, he is prophesying that in those latter days in the future, which is the time of Jesus Christ, he would send a messenger in verse 3, 1, it says he was going to send a messenger who would prepare the way for the Lord. And that was in reference to John the Baptist. Now, here... He is exhorting and giving a, giving a teaching to the people so that they would convert and be in good standing with God, that they should not turn away from the path of our Lord. And here in verse 16, it says, Then those who fear the Lord spoke to one another. For it says that the Lord was very angry. He was very angry with the people of Israel. And in verse 13, the Lord speaks to them through Malachi and says, Your words have been harsh against me, says the Lord. Yet you say what we have spoken against you. Now they criticized against the Lord. And you have said, What have we said against the Lord? Well, the Lord answers them in verse 14. You have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is that we have kept his ordinance? So the complaints that the, that the people had against God, they spoke and said, what have we spoken against you? And the things that they said were, what profit is it that we have received in keeping the law of God? And that we have walked as mourners before the Lord, Lord, the Lord of hosts? We've had no profit, no blessing. That is the complaint that they expressed to God. They said that in following God, what have they gained? What was the profit? What was the blessing? What have they received from God's hand? And this happens today with people. I have heard many people who go to church, they last some time in the church and God speaks to them, makes them promises. And these people, maybe a day of trouble, a day of tribulation comes to them and the devil places traps in these people's lives and 
harms them and their other family members, friends, they tell them, and you're in that church? Don't you say that God is with you? Don't you say God blesses you? Look at you, you're in misery, you're poor, you're more miserable than anyone, leave that church. Why do you seek that God? What has he given you? You live miserably, you are sad, you're sick. God has not given you anything. What are you doing in that place? This is what people say very vulgarly. And so, this is nothing new. And I've heard people say these things, it's nothing new. And centuries back, ages back, God also telling the people of Israel the complaints that they spoke of, they murmured against the Lord. And they said, what have we spoken against you? But they said, it is useless to serve God. They said, what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord of hosts? So now we call the proud blessed. So those who do wickedness are raised up. Not only are they prosper not only were they prosperous and they escaped, oh, look at them, they're doing well, they have riches, they have many things. So what does it profit us to seek God? This was their complaint against God. And this is the same complaint that we hear people speak today. But when we say, I follow the ways of God, I follow God, it is not for me to be a millionaire, nor to travel all over the world and to have the best food, the best clothes, to have the best things, nor to be the owner of an airplane or a, a ship. No, I follow God because I love God. And I want to attain eternal life. I want my name to be written in the book of life. I want to have eternal life there in that other world, in what is beyond this world. That is what's worth fighting for, to be with God and to live complete happiness. The happiness that cannot be found in this world. That happiness is not found in this world, but there with God. And so I follow God, not with any material interest. And for him to give me abundance and riches, no for him to give me what is necessary. And everything else, what I want is to attain eternal life. I want my name to be in that list in the book of life. I don't want to be stubborn like these who were stubborn in the time of antiquity and the stubborn people that I've heard in the current time. And so this is why the Lord was angry. And the Lord in verse 16 through the mouth of Malachi, after hearing the complaint of those who were ungrateful, those who forgot the Lord, the Lord, he says, then those who feared the Lord, those who loved God, it says those who feared the Lord, or we can say those who loved God without any personal gain or personal in, uh, interest in the material things, these who fear the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened. He listened to those who loved the Lord and said, let us continue f loving our God. Let us continue believing in him and trusting in him. Let us seek our God. Let us all be attentive and praising him, glorifying his name. Let us please him. This is that. This is what the Lord heard. And the Lord says, when he heard these things, the Lord spoke, the Lord listened and heard them. 
So a book of remembrance was written before him for those who fear the Lord, those who love God, those who follow him, those who think of his name and think of policing him and honoring him. How beautiful it is. Our Lord listening those to those secrets, the secrets of those who love the Lord. How beautiful. The Lord listened to the complaints, but he also heard the secrets of those who love God. And so it says that this must be written in the book of remembrance, in the book of life. All of this must be written because of all of this, they will receive a reward. That day they will receive a reward. And aside from receiving rewards, verse 17 says, They shall be mine. It says, They shall be mine. A special treasure, the glory be to the Lord. And may God say that we are his special treasure. This is the greatest gift that can exist for any human being. How beautiful it is for the Lord to say, They shall be mine. A special treasure. It says, The Lord of hosts, on the day that I make them my jewels, and I will spare them as a man spares his own son who serves him. How glorious is our Lord. Do you see the importance of our names being in the book of life? Let us go to Luke. Luke, now, is, this is the gospel of Luke, according to Luke, Luke 10. Luke 10. Verse 20, the Lord Jesus Christ is preaching the kingdom of heaven here, and he sent 70, two and two, to go and evangelize all of the land of Judah. And he gave them instructions on how they needed to go and evangelize. And he said to them, go, go to the homes and accept what they offer you and all of the gifts that people give you lay on hands heal those that are ill work miracles and signs i am with you and they did that and they returned happy and joyful to share with the lord all of the experiences that they had lived in those places when they were preaching the gospel of the kingdom of heaven and they returned back very happy and rejoiced and in verse 20 he says here in verse 17, then the 70 returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And the Lord in verse 20, he says to them, okay, I'm happy that you're happy. Nevertheless, do not rejoice in this, that the spirits are subject to you, but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven rejoice rather that your names are written in heaven and so the matter here is not so much and i've seen many times some people say oh no no there in the church where i go and i congregate the pastor lay puts their hands on a person's forehead and the person faints and that's power, the power this man has, that people faint. He touches them and they fall to the ground. And so we would say, are, are they walking in the truth of God? 
Are they doing things right as the Lord says so in his word? I think not. I think there's a lot missing. And the Lord, he says, do not rejoice that the spirits subject to you, but rather rejoice that you are walking in the truth. And because you are walking down that path of truth, your name will be written in the book of life. This is what we must rejoice in for our names to be written in the book of life in the heavens. It, this means that we are keeping all of the doctrine because it's not just a matter of practicing one part and saying, okay, I lay hands on this person faints. Oh, well, with this part, I'm not going to attain eternal life and my name will not be written in the book of life. There are many requirements. There are many things I need to learn. I need to know what else I need to do to please God and to walk uprightly in the path of the gospel. So this way I can trust in the fact that my name is written in this book. Let us continue here in Philippians. Now this is the epistle laid further ahead. The epistles, the letters of the apostles, Philippians. They, the, these are smaller books. So small that sometimes they are very difficult to find that I can't even find it. It's before or after Timothy or after Thessalonians. After Ephesians, after Ephesians, this is such a short book that I couldn't even find it. Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four, verse three. Apostle Paul writes a letter to the church in Philippi and also writes to, 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 to Timothy and gives him advice and teaches him many things on how to manage the church of God in that time. In verse 3, I'll, I'll read verse 1 quickly. Therefore, my beloved and long-for brethren, my joy and crown, so stand fast in the Lord, beloved. I implore Udiah, and I implore Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. And I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored. So those two women in verse 2, he urges them to help these women who labored with me in the gospel. Now I believe here that these women, Eudiah and Syntyche, they were prophetesses. And they were with the apostles, working shoulder to shoulder, working, preaching, laying on hands, prophesying, working miracles. And he urges them to help these women, to help them who labored with me in the gospel, with Clement also, and the rest of my fellow workers, whose names are, are in the book of life whose names are in the book of life. God had revealed to Paul that their names, Eudiah, Syntyche, and Clement, they were in the book of life. How beautiful. Today, we desire, we long for our names to be there and that the Lord never blots them out, but that we should be wise and intelligent 
and continue on to the end of our life. So that this way we can then say we have earned that crown of life, that we will have eternal life with that with the Lord, that joy, how beautiful it is to be with Him. And so the book of life, how important it is. Revelation, let us go to Revelation. Revelation, it is the last book of the Bible. Revelation chapter 3, verse 5. Now here, we know that this is a revelation through visions that God gave to Apostle John when he was a prisoner. He was prisoned in jail there in the island of Patmos. The Lord manifested himself and gave him these visions and revelations of the things that were occurring, had happened, and would happen in the future. There are many mysteries here in the book of Revelation. And he sent messages to seven churches, and they were in Asia at the time, and every church, well, the devil was working against people, and some had let themselves be dominated by the enemy. This is why the Lord then admonishes them and sends them some recommendations here in chapter Three, the message is for Sardis. But we're going to read about the marvelous promise. The angel of the church in Sardis writes, these, these things he says, who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works, that you have a name and that you are alive, but you are dead. So this is a person who is not in good standing in the eyes of God. So you say that, okay, you lay on hands and people faint, but it turns out, as it says here, you say that you are living, but you are dead. And so this is also probably something that the Lord will say to people who are sinning and not in good standing with the Lord, and they are not doing right in God's sight. They think their names are written in the book of life, but it truly is not. We must be careful with all of these things. These are these are illustrations and examples that we must take and use as an example for our own life. And he says, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, so if you do not live a holy life, an upright life, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come upon you. Now, it says, you have a few names, even in Sardis, who have not defiled their garments. And how beautiful this is. The Lord is saying, there are some who have not sinned. They shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my Father and before his angels. What a beautiful blessing that God promises here. Now let us go to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation 20, we're speaking about the book of life here in verse 21, verse 12. 20, chapter 20, verse 12. John, he saw a throne, verse 11. Having the glory of God, 
Her light was like the most precious stone. Now it says here, I saw the dead, those great and small, before the Lord. This is for the end of days, the end of times. Those books were open. Another book, which is that book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works by the things which were written in the book. So according to their works, those who did what was right, they will rest, they will have eternal life, they will rejoice with the Lord. Those who did bad works, evil works, they will be cast to the lake of fire. How sad that is. And we do not want to be cast to the lake of fire. We want to be in eternity with our Lord. We want to be obedient children, men and women that are obedient to God and loving God and asking him to help us live a holy life so that we are able to attain that eternal marvelous life. Verse 15, and anyone not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. How sad. This is what awaits or this is what is expected in the future. This is why we want we want all of you to convert to God, those who are newcomers, those who are just starting to hear the word of God, for you to make a decision and to continue to follow the path of our Lord. And if you have many weaknesses, sins, things in your life, vices, addictions, do not worry. In your heart, be sincere to God and cry out to him to help you and he will help you to change, remove all of those things for God is merciful. But God wants it to be your decision, your decision. Make your decision. Because if not, God will not take action. He observes the heart, that a contrite heart, a humbled heart, God does not reject it. And so your heart must be humbled and must desire to change, must desire to do what is good, what is upright, and to do good works. Ask God, and God will help you. He will help you. In chapter 21, here in 21, 27, in the vision saw by John, in verse 25, there was a temple, a city that had gates, and its gates shall not be shut at all by day for there shall be no night there and they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it they will bring that glory into that city into the church of god that new jerusalem it says but there shall be no means by no means enter it anything that defiles and please read verse 27 but there shall by no means enter it enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie but only those who are written in the lamb's book of life blessed is the name of our lord and so you you must fight to be written in the book of life in verse 27 and it says again there shall by no means enter into enter it anything that defiles or an abomination and so you must make an effort and strive verse 22 19 it says if anyone takes in verse 18 for i testify to everyone who hears the words of the prophecy of this book this book of revelation if anyone adds to these things the things that are written here in this book of revelation god will add to him the plagues that are written in this book 
So you see, God brings to life. He brings the scriptures to life. And if anyone takes away from the words of the book of this prophecy, of this book of Revelation, God shall take away his part from the book of life, from the holy city, and from the things which are written in this book. So God will erase him. God is saying that no one can alter, adulterate the book of Revelation to add to it or take away things from it. For God will punish them and will blot them out, erase them from the book of life. And we are here with the desire for our names to never be erased. Here in Revelation chapter 5, we're going back. Now here in verse 1. Verse 1, this is the vision of John. And I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. This is the book Daniel saw. In his vision, Daniel saw this book, and the Lord said to him, Seal it, shut it, seal it, for the time of the end. Now John, he in his vision sees this book. He sees it. And it was sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, meaning our Lord Jesus Christ, the root of David, meaning our Lord Jesus Christ, has prevailed to open the scroll. How did he prevail? When? On the cross of Calvary. Prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. He was the only one worthy. And I looked, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain, our Lord Jesus Christ having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. And so people sometimes ask, well, does God have seven spirits? No, his seven ministers, his seven messengers. Then it says, then he sent those seven spirits to go to all the earth. Then he came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now, when he had taken the scroll, or the book, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before the Lamb, meaning before our Lord Jesus Christ, each having a harp and a golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. So, we are also learning here that this incense, that in the time of antiquity, that they would raise up in the temple of the Lord, they would burn as a very pleasant aroma to the Lord. This was a symbol of the prayers of the believers in Jesus Christ. This is the meaning of it, the prayers of the followers of Christ in the true gospel. And it says here that he saw these living beings, that they were praising the Lamb, which is our Lord Jesus Christ, 
And they had golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song, saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. Now this is highlighting the sacrifice that he made on the cross of Calvary. And it says that you were slain and redeemed us. You have forgiven us, those who have converted to you. Out of every tribe, not just the people of Israel or Judah, but every tribe, tongue, people, and nation saying that people from all nations who converted to him were washed by his blood, their sins forgiven by the sacrifice made on the cross of Calvary. And so once again, we find our Lord, he did not form one specific nation, a physical nation, but it is spiritual, his church, and he and his spirit in all the earth with people who seek him, who follow him in this true gospel. It says of every tribe and tongue and people and nation, blessed is the name of the Lord. He was the only one who was able to loose the seals. For it continues to speak here in his visions that he loosened those seals, that judgment came, judgment arrived. And he sat down to read those books and there were books in the books of life where those who will be saved, who will attain eternal life, their names are found there. And then there are books where it contains the works of those people who did not want to believe in the Lord, who did not want to accept God, but who let themselves be carried away by their arrogance and pride, their disbelief. They think that they know a lot and they say, I don't believe in God. I am unaware of God, but this is a reality. And God is real. He lives. He exists. The Holy Spirit, he manifests. And we need to seek the Holy Spirit, seek the evidence of it. But it's not just with the fact that people say, well, the day you believe in God and that you accept the Lord and then the Holy Spirit came to your life. No, there's evidence of it to know that the Holy Spirit comes to our life. And the evidence is here in the Bible, in Acts. And the epistles, we must speak in tongues. And aside from that, we must receive the gift of prophecy, healings of discernment, casting out demons. There are many spiritual gifts that God gives. This is the evidence, the proof to know that we are walking down the right path. Because the names are already written in the book, but we are fighting, striving for our names to never be blotted out or erased, but to remain so that these promises are fulfilled. What is written here in Revelation, that the Lord was the only one worthy of loosening those seals and opening it to begin to read and to judge. We want, we want what is good. We want our happiness. We want the best things. And so we must ask God to help us. If it is difficult for you, ask God to help you and he will help you. God will help you to change. He will help you, don't worry. Let us pray to our God, and we are going to give our Heavenly Father thanks for today's sermon. 
and for reinforcing our own knowledge because the brothers and sisters and people in the church already know this, but how beautiful it is to remember these beautiful promises of our God, for it gives us encouragement to protect our spiritual life. Let us pray. O blessed Father, O blessed Almighty Lord, creator of the heavens and earth, our God, our Father, worker of miracles and marvels and signs and wonders, powerful and mighty warrior, powerful in battle, powerful King of kings and Lord of lords. You are great, Lord, and worthy of all praise. Blessed are you for all eternity and evermore. Your name be praised, your name be glorified and exalted always. Great blessings and great victories you shall give us, Lord, if we make an effort to follow you. You will give us the triumph. You will bless us. You will deliver us. Thank you, my Father, because you are fulfilling your promises and you will hear our prayers because we do so with all of our heart, with all of our soul. We call upon you. We cry out to you and we ask many things, Lord. We place before you all of our needs, our afflictions, sadness, pain, suffering, sickness, those days of trouble, days of tribulation. All of these moments, Lord, we place before you and your love and your mercy. They are so great that you listen to every petition. You open your ears to all of our complaints and sorrows. Thank you, my Father, for your love and your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you for your blessings. Holy Father, in the glorious name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I pray and I ask that in these moments you have mercy and that you hear the prayer the cry, the pleas of men and women, elders and children, the, their pleas, for they are suffering. There are many that are suffering of diverse sicknesses. There are many that are suffering of psychological sicknesses, many who cannot reason. They cannot think on their own. They are unhappy. The devil has possessed them. And they want to commit suicide for they feel tormented day and night. There is no peace in their hearts. There is no peace in their being and they want to commit suicide. Holy Father, have mercy in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Extend your hand upon these people, upon these persons, these young men, the youth, the youth that is some addicted to drugs, others who are mentally ill, who want to commit suicide, others who cannot reason, who have other type of addictions and vices. There is much sickness, psychological sicknesses, and there's misery, sadness, and pain, that it is out of people's control, out of the power of people, all of the evil that the enemy places upon them. He's made them slaves. He has bound them and chained them up with suffering, with torment with physical sicknesses as well. Holy Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I pray that you extend your hand and that you heal, that you deliver, that you cleanse, that you hear the prayer of each person, that you hear each person's pleas. Lord, you know every need, the afflictions, the pain and the sadness. And also, what can we say about misunderstandings and discrepancies of the, the conflicts in families of anger, of grudges, of resentment, of envy, and all of these things, Lord, 
that also destroy the peace and the happiness. My Father, have mercy, Lord. Have mercy and listen to each person, their sorrow, their prayer, their petition and desire. Deliver and free those who are not able to pray because their mind does not allow or permit for they are sick, for they cannot reason or coordinate their ideas. Lord, have mercy of those that are young. These infants, extend your hand extend your mighty hand and help each person help each of them to present themselves before you thank you my lord for listening to our prayer and also bless the church the congregation bless all the brothers and sisters who congregate in the church and who also are suffering persecution by the devil the devil he persecutes and they are suffering lord help each of them deliver them thank you holy father and bless all your children. Bless all those who long and desire to reach the end. Thank you, Holy Father. And bless those who desire to bless you and honor you with a sincere heart. Bless them, my Father. Deliver them, cleanse them, and heal. Thank you, my Father. In the glorious name of Jesus Christ, your beloved Son, we pray. Thank you, my King. Glory to the Father, glory to the Son, and glory to the Holy Spirit, now and forevermore. Amen. Glory to our God. We will be singing chorus number eight in the church of god there is joy and gladness in the church of god there is joy and gladness in the church of god there is joy and gladness for the savior dwells in here for the savior dwells in here in the church of god there is joy and gladness Praise the Lord with all your seal. Praise the Lord with all your seal. Praise the Lord and you will also feel this gladness. Praise the Lord with all your seal. Praise the Lord with all your seal. Praise the Lord and you will also feel this gladness. In the church of God there is joy and gladness. In the church of God there is joy and gladness. For the Savior dwells in here. For the Savior dwells in here. In the church of God there is joy and gladness. Praise the Lord with all your zeal. Praise the Lord with all your zeal. Praise the Lord and you will also feel this gladness. Praise the Lord with all your zeal. Praise the Lord with all your zeal. Praise the Lord and you will also feel this gladness. Glory to the Lord and thanks be to our God. May God bless you greatly. I love you in the Lord. Many hugs and many kisses. May my God bless you. Thank you.